0: And good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Will study of the classics survive this cancel culture, or sometimes woke culture that we're looking at last year at the University of Lancaster. Uh, Proposed that authors prior to the year fifteen hundred be dropped from the curriculum from the English curriculum, in favor of quote a selection of modules on race, ethnicity, sexuality, and diversity end quote and a quote decolonized curriculum end quote. What makes the classics worth studying? Um, I know many of you probably didn't especially enjoy uh, the classics when you had to go through the odyssey in high school or even in college but there's no doubt that for many of us who have been students of the humanities the liberal arts uh having some grounding in ancient literature uh and believe me i mean ancient i'm talking about fifth sixth century bc i'm not talking about 1500 a.d uh it gives you a certain balance on things. My guest, Robert Kirkendall, is an instructor in the humanities at St. Thomas More Academy in Raleigh, North Carolina. He's inspired by uh, a notion theologians call divine pedagogy, the way that God educates mankind through salvation history. You can learn more uh, at St. Mary Academy, that's stmacademy.org. And Robert, nice to have you with me. Thanks.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here, Al.
0: Let's take a look at this. Um, There is this, I mean, I'm just surprised at how far this is going on. I have to say that I've heard stuff like this since I was an undergraduate myself, but it it never seemed to go very far. But lately, uh, we have incidents where um, high school students are being told that uh, books like the Iliad and the Odyssey can't be... uh, Uh, really should not be part of the curriculum because they are grounded in certain kind of racial sensibilities that we no longer accept. And there are other issues as well. But how do you understand the origin of this complaint and why it seems so especially widespread right now?
1: Yeah, you're you're, you're right. This is nothing new. It's had Several forms. I mean, the classics have been accused of being elitist, perhaps. Right, that product. was another one. Yeah, about it. Yep. Um, and you know, my initial reaction is that simply, you know, just grant the premise. Like, say, say the classics are riddled with uh, racism and and um, and you know, corruption. It, it's just a bad strategy to say we should prevent the young from reading it, or that we should, you know, cancel them. Uh, it's sort of the spirit of you know, argument of keeping your enemies close, right? Well, don't you think? If these are such, you know, um, <laughs> yes. horrible things, we should learn from the past.
0: No, absolutely. study them
1: to know what's wrong with them. So even as a strategy, you know, granting their premise, of course, I don't agree with that, but uh, it seems not a good strategy. Right. right? Yeah. Um, and it seems to me like maybe there's this fascination with, you know, uncovering an ugly truth about things. You know, you, you learn that um, there is slavery in ancient Rome, for instance, and it sort of uh, shocks one and makes one think about... Um, uh, wanting to do something about it. You know, this kind of social justice fury um, these days is extended across time. Mm-hmm. The best analogy I've thought of is that it's almost like, you know, trying to see and understand that the, the pyramids, for instance, in Egypt, were built by, on the backs of slaves, but then to go and argue that we should, therefore, destroy um, the, um, the pyramids and rebuild them into something new as sort of a popular term for that. And, That's that's the best I've I've been able to understand, sort of the spirit of of what's what's being said. Uh,
0: Yes, that very good point. And I, you know, this idea of not uh, exposing uh, students uh, to literature before fifteen hundred seems to me especially terrible. Because look, why would you lop off so many? decade, a decade, nothing, centuries, uh, even millennia of uh, human experience and keep people from being exposed to it. What's the value? Maybe that's the question. What's the value that we get from reading uh, you know, Cicero, uh, Plato, uh, Chaucer? Who, what's the value?
1: Yeah, there's, there's so many great thinkers I can cite, and I think from my own personal experience, St. John Henry Newman is perhaps the best. Yeah. Um, and I think before we rush into what the value is, it's important to ask what is literature, what is classic literature, right? To know what we then can do with it, or what the value is. And Newman has a great reminder in his short essay here on literature um, about uh, uh, that literature is a personal means of communication. Uh, today, people are very concerned about systemic issues, right? That phrase is around a lot. Um, But Newman reminds us that literature, especially classic works of literature, are written by persons, and we should approach those persons with reverence uh, and with humility uh, to learn from them. And and he roots this in the idea that literature as a study is not like history or philosophy, although it might include uh, those things, but what makes literature unique is that it's written by a great person who has thought great thoughts and has put those into great words. Or he puts it briefly that a great classic author is someone who has mastered the art of having something to say and saying it, Mm -hmm. right? thinking about things deeply and then putting it very eloquently in words, and that their style manifests their character Mm -hmm. um, and their greatness and their excellence in having thought about deep things. Um Newman's motto famously is, Cor ad cor loquitur, heart speaks to heart.
0: Yes. And he
1: thinks that when we read great literature, we are in the personal presence of an author listening to his voice or her voice um, kind of resound down the centuries. So there, um,
0: there's real personal acquaintance here. That we are encountering a, a person, not just uh, an abstract set of ideas.
1: That's right, that's right. Uh, And he thinks that in this way, it's a a very beautiful thing. We can get to know the mind of Homer, uh, this person who has thought such beautiful and excellent thoughts as to have resonated with people's hearts down the centuries It struck me, too, if if we, like you said, cut out literature from before a certain time period, we're cutting out um, authors and thinkers who have been formed by some of these ancient classics as well. We're cutting ourselves off. From communication with the past, T.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eliot has this great phrase, and he has an essay called "What Is a Classic," and he says that if we don't read the classics, we fall prey to parochialism—not yeah. of space, but of time—that we're sort of cut off and confined in our own narrow, uh, uh, narrow, and cramped way of thinking currently, and aren't exposed to a variety of world worldviews. Uh, we learn. What the Greeks thought like by reading Homer, for example,
0: um, it, you know something i there's something ironic about this um you would think that so we find out that a certain great uh uh classical writer has views of women that uh, are no longer acceptable today um isn't it isn't it sufficient to point out that this particular author for all of his great clarity on these certain issues? Uh, really shows that in this area of women, he doesn't quite get uh, what we get today. So why would he say what he says, given the valuable things he says over here? What went wrong in his thinking? How would we look at him today? How do we look, how do we, in other words, there's correctives that you can speak about here. You can understand what he's saying in his own setting, and then you can distance yourself and say, okay, I'm coming back at you. You know, I don't understand why that interaction is forbidden.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think it's certainly puritanical to a degree um, uh, in sort of insisting on this uh, of moral purity um, and having you know no uh, um, uh, no compromise. I suppose, um, but I think too, uh, it's it's. Uh, important, like Newman reminds us, to approach the past with humility, yep. um, and understand that, like ourselves and people in all times and places, we are sinful and flawed, um, and have different ways of, of viewing the world. And that there's been, certain, like you mentioned, progress in um, in uh, lesser ways of viewing the world, um, and uh, uh, progress towards better things. Uh, I can think of, I suppose, two examples from Homer's writings that have been particularly powerful with students that are good examples of reading literature and, in fact, encountering moral failure and flaws that's yeah. beneficial. Right. Yeah. Um, in, in the Odyssey, um, students always uh, sort of get frustrated because um, uh, Odysseus has a, a double standard for himself, it would appear. He uh, sleeps with Circe, uh, the witch, and Calypso, on his way home, mm-hmm. but his wife is keeping herself pure and not sleeping with the suitors That's right. um, who are invading his homeland. And he appears to sort of get Scott, you know, off scot-free for these things, um, and nonetheless is able to reclaim his homeland and win the day, um, but not uh, before he has to encounter his own failings uh, of pride when he um, calls his name back out, I am Odysseus, to the, to the Cyclops as he sails away. And uh, the Cyclops, now knowing his name, can call a curse down upon him from Poseidon, making his journey much more difficult. Um, Odysseus has to sort of master his own self in that sense, master his men too, be, be, become a good leader of his men who are driven by their bellies and just want to sit around and eat food and not get home. Right. Um, so Odysseus' own struggle is in the midst of his, his own character, his own moral flaws and failings. And um, the story of his heroism is about um battling against those things something that you know students find um interesting and relatable right? mm-hmm. yeah
0: uh it, i mean there's is there something to be said for the, the 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 place of the marriage bed at the end of the uh the end of the odyssey
1: uh what do you mean
0: well the the fact that he seems to restore after he's uh, slain the uh the intruders uh, mm-hmm. the, you mm-hmm. get the impression that uh it, it, that bliss uh still awaits him
1: yeah absolutely there's this there's he's able to achieve a kind of reconciliation right yeah, um, yeah. he's able to assert himself um again assert order in his in his uh, home and to reconcile with his wife right yeah, um, yeah. And she does put him through his own test his own ringer to sort of uh, prove his worthiness at the end there mm
0: mm-hmm. Well, uh, What would you recommend to people Who want to become a little more familiar With this whole discussion and, and debate uh, or, or just Enter more deeply into the classics Is there a particular book that you would recommend
1: Hmm, that's a great question um, Off the top of my head There are three short um, Articles okay. John Henry's essay on literature yep. uh, T.S. Eliot's essay What is a classic yep. And it's both uh, Theodore Haker's book Virgil, Father of the West Has a great uh, opening section about the classics, giving us a sense of universal man of our connection to all times and places.
0: We'll have those linked at our website. Then, Robert, thanks so much. Great making your acquaintance.